0: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash with amex.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome to Takeoff with John Clark, presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia, and we're just a few days away from the NFC title game: Eagles 49ers. And check out our coverage on NBC 10. Friday night, 7.30, we've got our special Road to Victory. Sunday morning, 9.30 to 10.30, we've got our Power Hour of Football. And, of course, NBC Sports Philadelphia as well. Friday evening with a couple of Eagle specials getting you ready. And this guy's going to get you ready. This guy has done an awesome job on his Fox broadcasting duties. Greg Olson, the former NFL tight end, doing a great job with Kevin Burkhardt. He gives us some really good analysis of Eagles 49ers and how the Birds can win this one. Enjoy the conversation. All right. We can feel the anticipation NFC title game here in Philly. Let's bring in the fantastic Fox Sports Broadcaster. He's going to be doing this game with Kevin Burkhardt, Greg Olson. We appreciate you joining us. How fired up are you for this game?
0: Oh man, I can't I can't even tell you. We our crew, we've been kind of texting and talking all week. I I just think the combination of arguably the best two teams in the league, for sure the best few teams in the NFC Conference, but then also just, I know firsthand, playing, playing in Philly, whether it's a big-time playoff game or just a regular casual Sunday afternoon, that, that stadium has such an incredible energy all year round, no matter what. So I think the combination of all those things, the talent that's going to be on the field, what's on the line, the environment, it's... uh this is going to be quite, quite the atmosphere. So I think everyone from the broadcasters to the fans to the coaches, but I think everybody affiliated with this game is, uh, is pretty pumped.
1: And you, of course, have been with these teams a lot because they're the two best teams in the NFC. You see 49ers beating the Cowboys last week. You did Eagles-Cowboys. What do you think of this matchup? How close are these rosters? How close are these teams in these matchups?
0: Yeah, I, I think if you went just top to bottom on these on these two rosters, I, I think at the end of that evaluation, you'd probably determine these are probably the most talented rosters. When you look at offensive stars, defensive stars, depth, being good at all three levels on both defenses, skill players and offensive line on both offenses. I think they're the two, you know, the two most talented teams. And I think the the coaching staffs, especially the offensive lines and obviously the defensive coordinators on both sides being up for you know, at some point, all those guys are going to be head coaches at, at some point here in the near future. It, I don't know how much more you can ask for, right? I, I think the, the big question mark and the big comparison that people are going to really focus in on, I know we are, is here you had Jalen Hurts, potential MVP, albeit only in his third year, and then you have the guy who's come out of nowhere, Brock Purdy, the quarterback. So I think a lot of people are saying, okay, is the difference in this game, which seems so tight, no matter how you, you slice it, is it gonna come down to just the play of the two young quarterbacks? Um, and I think that's fair. I, I although I think every time we've doubted Brock Furdy, he's come out and 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 surprised everyone across the league. So I just think I, I don't know where you find the advantage. I don't know how each team, you know, determines they're better in one position because I think they're so close and 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 so, you know, and such parallels um on both sides of the ball. And and that's what you want. That's what you want the conference championship to be. You want it to play out that the two best teams with the best talent, the best coaching staffs, are the two one, you know the two teams left playing for a trip to the Super Bowl, and uh, fortunately for us, that's what we have.
1: Yeah, and how about in the trenches? It's going to be strength versus strength with Eagles trying to run the ball against that 49ers rushing defense, and 49ers are very good stopping the run, the inside zone and all that. How do you think the Eagles can run against the 49ers and the element of Jalen Hurts as well?
0: Yeah, I think what you put on the film last week of, of Philly, you know, beating New York. And, you know, we we had the New York Giants game that with the wild card round where they beat Minnesota and you know, Dexter Lawrence and, and Leonard Williams, they were they were unblockable on the inside. Minnesota's offensive line had no chance. And then you put on the tape from last week and and Kelsey and Salmalu and, and just Landon Dickerson. I mean, these guys were they've been killers all year. And what they did with the interior, which is the strength of that Giants defense, is just is so impressive. I think this defensive line in San Francisco is a little bit of a different animal, right? They got guys on the edge who can play. They got guys interior with Eric Armstead who can play. There are two inside linebackers, Greenlaw and and Fred Warner. So I I think you're right. I think, to me, that's the matchup of this game. When Philly has the ball and San Francisco's on defense, to me, that's the biggest matchup of them all. And I think, believe it or not, as crazy as this sounds, and again, I'm not to be Ryan, so this is just my opinion, If I'm D'Amico Ryans, the defensive coordinator for the 49ers, I think, again, I'm not going to let Philadelphia run the ball on me, but considering they're coming in as one of the best rushing offenses in the league, you'd think, oh, hey, we got to stop the run. I think that's what Philly wants. I think Philly wants teams to come in worried about their their run and how are you going to give an extra defender to support it? Because I had A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, and I'm going to throw the ball over your head. That's the last thing, if I'm San Francisco, that I want. So I think the the kind of cat-and-mouse game of stopping the run with not over-committing to the run and giving yourself some vulnerabilities on the back end, to me, that's going to be the fascinating matchup. And um, I'm not exactly sure how either team's going to approach it, but to me, that's where the game's going to come down.
1: And look, when you have those linebackers, arguably the best linebackers in the NFL with the 49ers, how much more difficult is it going to be for Jalen Hurts to operate and to run? For those first downs and do you think that that basically is the x factor of the game jalen's ability to run
0: yeah any team that has you know any team that has a quarterback like jalen you know over the years that is that is that extra body you know you hear people you hear analysts and commentators mention like they're the extra box they're the, the guy who accounts for the extra box player they're the you know they're the extra number in the run game because they can account for an unblocked defensive end or an unblocked off the ball linebacker or whatever whatever matchup they're trying to take advantage of. The speed of Greenlaw and the speed of Fred Warner, I think, is a little bit different, right? Their ability to pursue from the from the inside out. We saw last week in the divisional round, Every it felt like every time Jalen pulled the ball onto the perimeter, he was running to open brass. He had a lot of space out there, allowed him to get out of bounds, not take a lot of hits. So again, you, you have to make sure you have answers for teams that want to put edges on you. And they say, okay, Jalen Hurts, you want to run the ball, Fred Warner's coming after you and Greenlaw's coming after you. And these guys, sometimes that gets a little dicey, right? You don't want your quarterback taking all those hits. So, you know, Sirianni and, and, and Jane Staken, they've had a great plan for how to both use him, but also not abuse him with the ball in his hand. Um, it's very similar to what we used to go through with Cam. We knew we wanted Cam to have the ball in his hand as a runner, but we also knew we didn't want to make Cam Newton a running back where he was taken 18, 20 hits a game from linebackers, and he couldn't protect himself. So I think that's always the balance when you have a running quarterback. But at the same time, what makes this offense work? What makes this offense so hard and such a stress on these defenses is you have to account for all 11 players, right? The, the quarterback is not just X'd out anymore. And you say, oh, we're not worried about him. You got the RPO stuff. You got the zone full read. You have the design quarterback runs. And then, of course, the major factor that every team worries about, especially a team that wants to rush the passer on third down and just get up the field is if you're not really sound with how you rush Jalen, it's going to be third and eight. You're going to have great coverage on the back end, and he's just going to pull it down. And if you don't account for him, he's going to run for 10, slide, and just back break you with a first down. So it's, it's a hard matchup with these guys who can run around and also play from the pocket as a passer. And that's why Jalen's up for MVP. We've seen how well
1: the 49ers defend in the middle of that field with the linebackers, and we know D'Amico Ryans is mostly going to play zone. But do you think there's going to be opportunities, maybe against Diamador Lenore? Do you think there's going to be opportunities on the outside for A.J. Devontae, maybe even Quez Watkins with his speed down the field?
0: Yeah, and I think that's what's so different. I mean, you, you look over the years at some of these style offenses, right? You even just look at what they're doing in Baltimore. Granted, it's a different style run game with how they use Lamar versus how Philly uses Jalen, but just that thread of the quarterback run and how it's a run-first kind of system that builds out. What's so different about Philly is A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard, where they they had a elite level seven-on-seven seven group to go along with the offensive line and the, and the complex run game. So that's That's where things get so hard. Like I said earlier, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to bring down an extra body to account for Jalen and to account for Miles Sanders and really bottle up this run. Because now you put your two corners, you put your single safety in a really tough spot guarding high-level receivers. So I think that's a matchup where Philly can generate some attention on their run game early, especially on first and second down, and take their shots. Nobody's been better attacking deep down the field um on those big deep overs, those big deep go balls and crossers, then Devontae Smith and, and AJ Brown and, and Jalen throws them as well as anybody in the league. So I think that's definitely if there's any vulnerability, and again, this is a very, you know, we're being very, you know, harsh right here with with critique, but like if there is any vulnerability of this San Francisco number one ranked defense, there is opportunities to throw the ball on the outside. There is opportunities to attack down the field in the passing game if you can pass protect and if you can get them to a commit another person to come up and stop your run game. So again, I think everything keeps going back to that cat and mouse between Shane Steichen and, um, and D'Amico Ryans and how each team wants to approach the other, knowing they're about as good as it gets in the NFL, respectively.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing you on the broadcast. You've done such a fantastic job, and, and you look at all the film. When you went back and watched specifically Lane Johnson, against the Giants in the playoffs playing through a really serious injury how good was he and what do you think it does with everybody else when you've got somebody like that one of your best veterans playing through something that tough
0: yeah we so he he heard it in that in that Christmas Eve game which we happened to be on and when they said he you know tore his adductor you know which is like your your groin in in essence but I just was thinking to myself how is he ever going to play with that right he's an offensive lineman so much is it's his drop and his kick step and redirect and taking on two hundred ninety pound guys and being able to stick your foot in the ground and anchor and just the stress that puts on on your legs and your groin and then here he was he missed a couple games at the end of the regular season of course that bye week helped and there he was out there playing every single snap of the divisional round against New York it, it just I think you can go up and down that offensive line to me that's the heart and soul of that group for his, for the talent and Jalen Hurts and the MVP and all that that offensive line right Kelsey uh you know and then of course you know Lane Johnson we talked about the interior guys like to me that's the the heart and soul that's the the pulse of this entire team so often when you have those sort of tough smart I'll do anything it takes to help my team and it's it's contagious so to see him out there I don't know what pain he's in I don't know how he's possibly even functioning let alone playing the high level right tackle but um He's been one of the best offensive linemen, regardless of position. He's probably the best right tackle in the league, um, for sure. And for him to be able to be out there and play at a high level with what he's dealing with, um, it's really hard. I I don't think people truly understand just what he's doing and how hard it is. Um, But he's going to be tested this week.
1: Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. So download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. All right, let's check in on some NFC title game lines powered by PointsBet. A.J. Brown last week, only three catches for 22 yards. He obviously let it be known. He wants more catches. He wants the ball. He is a great receiver. Well, the over-under for A.J. Brown on catches is five and a half. The over-under on receiving yards is 70 and a half. And outside against the 49ers corners may be the way the Eagles can attack this team. 49ers are so good against the run. So those A.J. Brown numbers are very interesting. It is time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. PointsBet, your move and when you look at the other side of the ball with the 49ers using the second most motion in the NFL when you're breaking down the film of a Kyle Shanahan offense for this game even you how do you decipher what's real what's not and how much of a challenge is that for the Birds defense
0: it's it's a big challenge and i think on top of the shifts and the motions the the that's that's a challenge in and of itself and there's a lot of teams throughout the league maybe nobody who does it more than Shanahan but there's a lot of teams that have kind of employed that, you know, get guys moving, change the picture of the front on the fly with the fly sweeps and the jets and all that. But then compounding what's so challenging, both pre-snap, like the, it's hard enough on the when the ball is snapped to tackle Christian McCaffrey and cover Debo Samuel. That, that's hard enough. But what's so unique about their offense is the stress it puts on your defense pre-snap, right? I got Debo Samuel in the backfield. I got Christian McCaffrey out at wide receiver with George Kittle, okay, do I want a defensive back in there because Debo Samuel's in the backfield and if he releases, I don't want him running routes on linebackers. That makes sense, right? But now what if it's a run and they run inside draw, they run inside counter. Now you have a, a, a nickel corner or some sort of defensive back who's responsible for a run fit like a linebacker because your linebacker type is out guarding Christian McCaffrey. So it's a very hard challenge just to assign in lineups so what a lot of teams do is they just simplify. They said, we are not going to get wrapped up in trying to match you who's who. We're just going to treat the formation like a picture. Well, now all of a sudden they snap the ball and it's a pass and you have guys mismatched on different players. So it's a it's a really unique challenge, both pre and post snap. Um, and again, I think Jonathan Gannon is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. I, I love his system. They don't give up big plays. I think he's got a great mind. He's a very botter defensive coach, he understands what can hurt me the fastest, which is the pass game. That's the game that everybody is playing right now. And then you fit the run from there. I'm going to be very curious what plan he comes up with to account for all these talented players and also account for all these multiple formation groups that they can build because of the variety of their personnel. Yeah.
1: And and when you look at uh, Slay and Bradbury on the outside, and then you got the pressure coming, how much do you think, of course, with Brock Purdy throwing it, around the middle of the field a lot, and then you've got those weapons. Is that the biggest challenge for the Eagles defense, trying to cover the middle of the field with all those talented players where Brock likes to go?
0: Yeah, the the middle of the field is gold. That's scheme-wise where Brock Purdy's comfortable, where a lot of these, you know, the McCaffreys and the Devos and and Kittle, that's where they they operate the best, the run-after catch. The ball is happening in that middle third, right? Between the hashes, between the numbers, that middle third of the field, that's where this offense is designed to attack you. So as good as Bradbury and Slay are on the outside, if Gannon's just going to keep them out wide and they're going to be on IU and, and Juwan Jennings or whoever the outside receivers are, they're as good a tandem as there is in the NFL. They're going to really have to get good coverage from their safeties. They're going to have to, you know, if, if Maddox can come back and play nickel and Gardner Johnson can go back to like a traditional safety look in their nickel stuff, I think that would be helpful defending that middle third your nickel corner or linebacker your traditional two inside linebackers and your two safeties to me those are the key components of playing pass defense against this style and if you're going to sit back and play zone and there's going to be a lot of space you better tackle you better be able to close space and tackle these guys because once the ball gets in their hand that's when the party really starts that's when the challenge with Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey and those guys, that's where the challenge is really high. And um the more space you allow them to operate in, the more difficult it is for you to bring them down. So like those are all the challenges that these defensive coordinators sit up at night trying to, you know, every time I try to plug this hole two more sprout. it's 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 a challenge. That's what makes this fun. That's what makes all of us so excited for this game because, you have really good defensive minds who have a lot of things problems they need to solve. You probably can't solve them all, but you got to take away the ones that can hurt you the most and live with some of the other ones. Yeah, the,
1: the leaks keep popping up. That's like my golf game, your tennis game. I mean, we know yeah. all about this. <laughs> um, yes. Brock Purdy, he's been impressive, 7-0 as a starter, but do you think he's ever seen anything quite like the Eagles' defensive line that can keep bringing it? at the link with the crowd warrant
0: yeah i think last week against dallas he faced a similar a similar style right very fast ability to run people down a defensive line that if you didn't account for could disrupt the game of course parsons is is the star of that group but they're very deep so i think dallas to a degree was a similar test out at to, to that point of the year, that was by far the best defense that Brock Purdy had played in, in his game since he came in, the seven that he's played. Um, but they played at home. The crowd was favorable, not a ton of crowd noise when you're operating on offense. So I think now you flip it. This is going to be more like his start in Seattle, you know, weeks back, as far as noise, as far as atmosphere. The difference is the guys he has rushing him with, with Reddick and Sweat and Brandon Graham. And uh, I mean, it's, This is tough sledding now. So the offensive line is going to have to hang in there. He's got two really good tackles. Of course, Trent Williams is the best in the business. So he's got the protection, at least personnel-wise, up front. But I think to operate on the silent count, to give the defensive line even a bigger advantage than maybe they already do in a lot of matchups, you know, talking about Philly, is uh, you can make an argument this will be the toughest environment combined with the best defense. When you put those two together, it's probably the biggest challenge that Brock is going to face now in only his eighth start, which is hard to believe. It feels like he's been playing for five years with the amount we've talked about it and studied him. But you have to give him a lot of credit. The kid has played well. He's competed. He takes care of the ball. He's a good decision maker. And he's operating the Kyle Shanahan vision, which is get the ball to your best players, protect the ball, be balanced, run, and pass. And um, all the things that we talked about, which make Philly's offense a challenge, you could flip it around and just have the exact same talking points when San Francisco has the ball.
1: couple of final questions for you. We really appreciate the time, and we're so looking forward to the broadcast. Uh, Jalen Hurts, when you get a chance to meet with him and sit with him, uh, he's 24 years old, and he just seems so mature, so poised. Where do you think that comes from, and how impressed are you that you're you're going to be calling this game, and this this 24-year-old could possibly lead the Eagles – Back to the Super Bowl
0: here. Yeah, he's he's just an impressive guy um, in all of our dealings with him. And I think you look back and again, I don't I don't know him from his his upbringing and his childhood. I, I don't know a lot of the backstory of you know when you start talking about what shapes people into their approach and what shapes them into their mindset and how they attack the game. And you could tell he's been around some really strong personalities and some really people that have really created this idea that he has to be strong mentally and. You just go back to his experience in college, right? Here he is. He's the fresh freshman at Alabama who, in the middle of the game, loses his starting job. And I'll never forget the post-game interview he did when he was stoic, he was calm, he was complimentary, he was supportive of his teammates, supportive of Tua. And you just, I just remember thinking back, like, so at the time, I don't know, how old was he, 20? 19, however old he was when all that went down. He just had a very old soul and a very mature way about him. And you fast forward, he goes out to Oklahoma. Obviously, we know what he did. He does out there with Lincoln Riley, and then he kind of carries that approach. He carries not only that chip on his shoulder, but that ability to handle adversity. And he he dealt with some adversity that first year as a rookie when he kind of came in. He was ups and up and down. And then last year as the full time starter, I don't know how many people in Philly were thrilled. I think that he was viewed as like, oh, he's a stopgap. We'll find somebody else better. And here you are now, second year of being a full-time starter. And he's just continued to answer every question. He's he's proved every doubter wrong. And I think as good as his physical skill set is, which of course is is off the charts, I think it's his mental skill set and his mental approach and his, you mentioned it, you said his maturity and all that. I think those are the factors that have made Jalen Hurts kind of rise to the top of this league so fast and so remarkable.
1: You're right, and it's pretty amazing how Jason, Kelsey, and some of these other veterans follow him and kind of repeat some of the same things they say. Final question for you, as Kevin Burkhardt told you, I know you've experienced the link for an Eagles game, as he told you what it was like being here for the World Series and the NLCS, Kevin Burkhardt was broadcasting those games as well. He was here in Philly. I mean, this is an incredible
0: run here for Philly. It's an incredible run for Philly. I'll tell you, I told Burkhardt, I said, you're on like a, you're going to get hired by Philly. You're just going to be like the voice <laughs> of all Philly uh, sporting events. You and Joe Davis, Fox has it covered. So it's, uh, I'll tell you, man, it's been, it's been some run. Um, you know, when, when Kevin was, was dealing back in October, bouncing back and forth between flying to Philly for the world series, and then back to our games on Sunday, he had a heck of a, Four or five weeks there, covering the World Series and 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 everything in the playoffs, for Major League Baseball. But um, to to come back to Philly again, I've been there many times as a player. It was never a place that we were, you know. It's one of those places like you're excited to go because we didn't have to like sit up in the crowd, you know. And but it probably wasn't the place you brought your wife and kids. Um, so it, it just to come back now as just like a neutral observer and be able to sit up in the booth and just watch like a really passionate fan base. A fan base who loves football, who loves their team, and then the two teams on the field—the two teams on the field that live up to the billing. It's um, this is at the beginning of the year. If you could have a magic wand and you could hand plot, pluck- all right, we want the best two teams in a hostile environment, outdoor game. It's kind of it, well. I wish it was going to be a little colder. It's going to be a little. It almost feels like a little like unseasonably warm, but like there's something about an outdoor game in the playoffs traditional old school organizations it's um this is as good as it gets
1: i love it i love it and you're as good as it gets we really appreciate your time and you do a fantastic job on the broadcast you educate me every time i'm watching and i'm sure eagles fans are looking forward to it on sunday appreciate your time so much greg
0: appreciate it thanks so much you got it